0: Well, hello once again, everybody. It is Maintenance Day, and Lance Lasowski and I are back for action uh, for this week. And, boy, things things got kind of interesting <laughs> for, for the Buffalo Sabres this week,
1: didn't they, Lance? They're always interesting. The, I mean, on Wednesday night, you had one of the best individual performances in a game in franchise history. And then, uh, oh, yeah, on Friday night... Uh, yeah, other things happened, Joe. Yeah.
0: So we're, we're gonna we're gonna parse our way through some of these things, and then we'll we'll get a we'll get a brief look ahead of uh, of the week to come. But uh, uh let's uh, do we want to start with the bad stuff, or do we want to start with the good stuff?
1: Uh, let's start with the most recent stuff, which would be the bad. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, that's that's fair. That's
0: that's fair. So the bad stuff. Uh, Friday from from Friday was uh well jeff skinner did some did some bad things uh against the Pittsburgh penguins uh men, most of you who are on top of things I imagine anybody listening to this is already on top of things. Uh Jeff Skinner got a little angry about Jake Gensel taking a poke at Craig Anderson late in the game. He's got the puck covered up and Gensel and Ricard Raquel come flying by. Raquel Pretends to maybe do a little chop, maybe gets a little piece, but Gensel gets the whole stick in there to take a poke. And Jeff Skinner decided to pull him aside for a word, and words turn into slashes, and slashes turn into a cross-check to the face. And that's a bad thing. Uh, listen, I, Skinner is a hothead. Like That's like un, undeniable. He's a very big hothead. Uh, he's not usually the physical brand of hothead, and he's certainly not the type that's going to lose his cool. Over uh, things like this, using uh, the stick as a weapon. So this is a little bit out of character to a degree, uh, but this does not help out the Sabers in the meantime.
1: No, it doesn't, right? I don't. I don't blame Skinner for defending Craig An- Anderson in that situation. Joe, there's a, I, to quote the movie, The Departed, there's guys you hit and there's guys you don't. And I think that Craig Anderson is certainly on the list of guys that you don't hit around the league. We see that yeah. unwritten rule play out everywhere and you got to protect your goalie. But Jake Ensel th- puts the slash in there, says a few words and that. Yeah. That set Jeff Skinner off. The highest cross check was regrettable and three game suspension. And, of course it breaks apart the top line and let's not forget like as you know it's been talked about on here i know we've talked about it but with Mm -hmm. tage thompson's season it's gone overlooked what the two guys on his line have done and jeff skinner's been a big part of that success taking him out of the lineup at a time when you really need to start gaining some points you're falling behind the standings you're almost in last place in the atlantic despite leading the league in goals not great
0: no no not great at all and it's I, I don't know. I I have no issue with a guy sticking up for his goalie, and especially a thing like that, because I think we all saw um, both Raquel and, and Gensel getting in there. Right? <laughs> I think after the game we had a we had a minor there was a minor discussion of like, I thought Raquel was the guy who did the worst thing. And then you were like, No, 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 it was Gensel because that's who Skinner went after. And I was like, I thought Skinner was just being a dick. Like <laughs> that, that was my thought on it. I was just like, well I was like, well, you know, he does these things sometimes. So maybe he's just
1: being a you know, he's just, you know, being, being a Gensel's but, doing stuff like that all night too. Yeah. Like it, well uh, yeah. Yeah, that's 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 the game that he was playing and you know that's, that's someone's that, eventually gonna have words with you for playing that way.
0: Right, and it's, you know what, that's the veteran team that does stuff like that. That's the team that's been around the bend a few, more than a few times. Like, that's, you, you do things like that. That's how you're able to get advantages on some teams, and boy, oh, boy, it certainly worked for, for Pittsburgh because uh, that took Jeff Skinner out of the lineup for Saturday night, and
1: they probably could have used Jeff Skinner on Saturday night. <laughs> I don't, I thought Casey Middlestad actually played well in, in that game in a tough spot. Yes. Cause that line didn't get much ice time until after those two early penalties. Once they got, once they got ice time, you know, you started to see some chemistry there. It's just the quality chances weren't when you're on the line when you're on the ice against Sidney Crosby, good, good luck, uh, especially yeah. with the way Crosby's playing. He had one of those, you know, one of those great nights. He had one on Friday and he had another one again on Saturday. Yeah. It's that's, I mean, it's what he does. It's exactly what he does. It's
0: uh, you know, it's Sidney Crosby, man. You know, I was kidding kidding, I guess, around with Twitter saying like you might want to do something about him, might want to <laughs> might want to get close to him, do something, but uh it's you know, listen, the guy's got to get his chances. He's always going to get his chances. And let's uh, let's face it. The Sabres looked a little bit quite a bit shell shock that first period because the the penguin I mean obviously the penalties do not help two penalties in the first 4 minutes of the game on the road the the crowd is way pumped up because Chris Latang was back in the lineup for Pittsburgh after having a stroke a week and a half before uh which I mean yeah you're going to get pumped up from that like let's face it but uh two penalties you know the crowd's going bonkers you're just kind of like oh boy here we go and then Everybody, you know, from from Lucan all the way up front, everybody was kind of like, oh, boy, what are we what are we into? What did we get into here? And Pittsburgh took advantage of that fully. And, you know, and again, it's what veteran teams do. That's what they do. But final 40 minutes of that game, Sabres got very unfortunate. They were very unlucky with that. And uh, they, they played very well. That was, They played well enough to win, certainly, but uh, but
1: weren't able to come through. Yeah, they hit the post on two power plays early. You know, Dahlin hit one, Cousins hit one. You know, I even without Skinner there, with Middlestad moving up, Krebs on the second unit, I thought they had some. I mean, they had some good puck moving, created their chances, and by far just a better period at even strength for most of the night. And I think that's that's what really stung them again, because on Friday night they thought that they were better in a lot of ways. Um, after you know some, you know. Some difficult moments at times. And then, uh, I mean, Kyle Lockpost has said it, I thought, perfectly you know, after the game. They they couldn't keep up with the Sabers' pace. They couldn't. Right? Yeah. The Sabres figured out w- what they had to do to beat that team. And just, you well, know, the puck just wasn't going in again. And, you know, it, it doesn't help when you take a guy out of the lineup who can find ways to score you know, score a goal when you really need one, especially up close and, you know, because Casey DeSmith was, you know, he was taking away those, you know, east-west passes and doing a really nice job taking those out of, you know, the Sabres game plan. He made a couple of big saves in that way. Yeah, I I I don't know if the
0: situation I don't know if the the question situation or just the situation of uh it being a loss in general uh had Kyle kind of annoyed, but I asked them because a lot of the shots were were coming from distance, nobody around the net. There, I mean, there weren't any rebounds to happen in the first place. But if you got nobody around the net to kind of disturb things, then it's not going to work. And uh, you know, their, their one their goal against Pittsburgh on Saturday comes with you know with uh, Krebs and Opozo parked right right by DeSmith and and getting in and getting in the action and Kyle was. Yeah, you know, he just kind of kind of looked at me like, dude, why you know what I'm gonna say. I was like, I know, you're just kidding. I know, I just have to ask. I'm sorry, but
1: uh, but it was it's, a, know, it's yeah. a simple fact though, right? they they didn't they didn't do that, they didn't do enough of it. Like good goalies look great when you don't get traffic in front and you allow them to see the puck the way they did. And I mean the cousins line looked incredible the way that they were able to move the puck, their speed yeah. was a major problem for the penguins again. But some overpassing, you know, just trying wow. to trying to look for that perfect play and maybe some hesitation and you, know, you can't do that against a team like the Penguins. You just can't, especially when you're you're missing a, a couple of key players out of the lineup. And Jeff Skinner, Jeff Skinner, we haven't mentioned it yet, but Henry Okihariu is the, the other one. Yeah, I,
0: the, I think everybody is is thinking of the Jack Quinn Dylan Cousins mini two on one. Yeah, came in came in late in the game and Quinn. Yeah, it, it, I mean, listen, it was a golden time to shoot the puck.
1: <laughs> Absolutely
0: golden time. Even even Granato after the game, he's like, you know, maybe got to shoot, we got to shoot that one. But uh, but even the, guy, the person that was uh that was next to me up in the box, he he's I I forget what his name is. Uh, but he was seated, he was seated next to Colby Armstrong's on the other side of him, and then I'm on his left side. And he, we both at the same time go, "You gotta shoot!" Like, oh yeah, just, no, you, yeah shoot.
1: I, you were, right. I believe, you were sitting next to Eddie Johnston. Yes. Oh, that's thank you. That's the, yeah. Yeah, it Eddie, usually Eddie it's Johnston, him and Craig up, Patrick. Usually him and Craig Patrick are sitting up the, in the Penguins. Penguins box there. Uh, Rare that you see an 87-year-old former general manager just hanging out. But yeah, no, (laughs) you hit the nail on the head. You got to shoot in that situation, especially like those opportunities. You you don't know how many more you're going to get in that kind of game. It was so tight. And then one one very questionable no no call uh, Mm. by the officials on a hit. No, Chris Letang elbows Dylan Cousins completely out of the play, and a textbook textbook tier interference. Nothing puck yeah. goes down the ice. Crosby makes it three one. There, there's your comeback attempt. And I mean, the Sabers had every right to be upset. Like the night before, Casey Middlesteads called for interference on. It basically the exact same play on mm-hmm. uh, Raquel uh, along the boards there. So different crew calling the game, but it just show, goes yeah. to show you that night to night, the inconsistencies is going to be there with some calls, which it shouldn't yeah. be with a call like that. That is, it should be mm-hmm. called one way throughout the league. Okay. If the player's yeah. pursuing the puck or how much distance there is, it's just, yeah, I, I get it. Like Kyle, you saw Kyle Post's reaction on the bench. You saw Dylan yeah. cousins. They had every right to be upset. Yeah, and
0: that 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 kind of play to me is it either is or it isn't. It either yeah. is interference and it has to be called every time, or it isn't. And you know it you know the pucks in your feet like well technically it's there. You know you you should be able to clean the guy out of the, out of the play if the puck's there. But also the night before it was literally probably the biggest hit of the game. <laughs> it was the biggest hit of the game, and Casey Middlestadt's throwing it and wiping out Raquel, and then the the arm goes up not immediately like it was just kind of like one of those it was a loud check fun th- you know it was a thunder hit on the board which again it's it's middle stat doing it so you're just kind of like whoa what, what the heck and it's a loud hit the crowd starts going crazy uh penguins get a little annoyed of course you know they, they're, they're thinking it was a dirty hit and it, Completely was not was not dirty at all. Uh, and then the referee's like, "Oh, this is gonna get out of control. I better call something." And it's oh, all right, neat, way to go. And then you were, then they were inconsistent the rest of the game. And you know, it's not that group was not ready for prime time. Let's put
1: it that way. <laughs> they veteran ref on there. That's the other thing. Yeah, uh, those calls. It's again, like, it's got to be called one way. And you see it night tonight in the NHL where the it's just. There's too much, too many discrepancies in terms of the the way it, the way it is, you know, and honestly, I thought, I thought that the, I thought the Letang hit on Cousins was way worse than, than Middlestead on, on Raquel, just, just the placement of the puck, the way that the, the play sort of develops there. And, you know, it is an elbow. I know the, where the elbow went is, is one thing, but he did throw an elbow as well. So. Right. And I, I somebody, I
0: think somebody took a, I, and I, okay, quick Twitter beef about this. It's not with people, uh, but taking a freeze frame of a play that is going full motion, you know, nah. full bore out, taking a freeze frame going, look what happened here. And I'm like, well, okay, keep the, keep it rolling. Like what else happened here? This could be anything. Uh, and some folks thought it were well, there was a high stick involved with the play. And I'm like, no, I don't think there was <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so i mean I, it, I mean geez but like i mean you take a freeze frame it's like well i maybe the, I, I don't know but that was very clearly and you know it was intimated to us after the game that it was in the italy lack of an interference call on that plane is what got everybody deeply upset about the situation so it's you know, it's one of those things. You see it go around uh, online for a second. You're like, wait, did we get it wrong? And it's like, no, no. The the guys literally told us what <laughs> what the problem with it was. But this is, uh, you know, again, it's it's frustrating because you're never gonna have consistency, te- you know, you know, you know, uh, crew to crew when it comes to officiating. That's just part of the game. Um, but geez, I I just think of Quinn takes that shot if he scores. That is a completely different game, and the Pens are even more back on their heels the rest of the, the rest of the, week, the game. The way that plays out.
1: Yeah, I don't. You could sense not only when we spoke to players after each of those losses Friday and Saturday, but just the the general. You know, you just see that the guy, the other guys in the room that we don't talk to, and, and mm-hmm. just frustration. And you can't blame them. Like Friday night, they had. They had that game, like they they had they were in control, and Skinner takes that penalty. The Penguins go on the power play, and that's it. Like that's I, they they got a, a point out of it, but you could have gotten two. And then Saturday, the much better team for most of the game, and you still lose. And you know, as much as this is a development year, and you know they have taken steps in the right direction, that group in, in that room knows that like they should be winning more games. They're like leading yeah. the league in goals. Like they're they're better than you know they're better than Detroit. They're better than the Canadians. They're better than some of these teams like around the league that are ahead of them in the standings and you know, mm-hmm. you, you got to just start build you got to start getting points. You have to. Yep. You know, it's one of those things that you know Granado shared with us that he tells some of his players like no you shouldn't be aiming to to you know achieve this in the future. You have to achieve it now. And I think a lot of those guys in the room no matter how young they are, they they know they're capable of winning games now, so when they you know, when you, you lose them in, fa- in a fashion like that, that's that's just a tough sting, and it's going to be a challenge for them because this is uh, you know, you got one more at home, and then you got three on the road, and those three on the road, of course, are challenging in different ways,
0: yeah. And it's it, it's one of those things that I, I wrote it a little bit, um, I, I uh, after the game Saturday night where I said. <laughs> this isn't about moral victories. This team doesn't give a crap about moral victories. Like, ah, oh, we hung in there with the, uh, you know, the old champion Pittsburgh penguins two nights in a row. Hey, good for us. It's like, no, you've had them beat both nights. You know, you, you could have beaten them very easily both nights and it's, you can't walk away from that going, like, ah, well, at least we tried hard. Like that, that is, that is a mindset that this team does not have in any way. They are not satisfied with just being like, well, we played well enough like that. That is not a starting, that is not a starting thought whatsoever with this group, which is encouraging, you know, because again, fans, fans are getting frustrated because they want, because obviously fans want the wins. They, they, they see, they see different weaknesses with the team and they want them addressed, you know, they want them addressed a month ago, but this group feels the same way. They know that they can, they can do better and they can play better and get some of these dubs in, in some of these other games and they're not satisfied until they get it done. And so that's, it's very encouraging to have it that way because it's not
1: been that way in the past. Yeah, you after the game, you look at the uh, the sheet and ice times, Joe, and the one that obviously stands out above the rest, Rasmus Stalin played over thirty minutes. Yep. And it it seemed to be heading that direction starting in the first period when he played over ten. And this is going to be the impact of losing a player like Henry Yoki you no matter what. Some fans think about the player. Mm-hmm. He is very important to the way that well, basically what, what you know, he's very important to, in terms of being a reliable partner for Owen Power. He's very important in terms of being able to play 20 minutes and take some of that burden off Erasmus Stalin and Matias Samuelson. Now with Yoki Haru out, at least he's going to be out through this week. It's I would it's at least going to be throughout that road trip from what I've heard. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at, they brought up K.O. Clegg, who, hey, like in 12 minutes, didn't play any special teams. I thought he was fine, but they are going to really ride that those three guys, Dalene, Power, and Samuelson, for the net, you know, until Yoki Haru comes back. And hey, it's great. Like Dalene can handle it. All three of them can, but it is, that's a really tough ask, especially when you're going on the road here. Mm-hmm. um and it's it's going to be interesting to see how how they handle it because right now bryson's on that second pair with power you know P- bryson's ice time was way lower than power so they were just rolling with three defensemen as they're trying to get you know trying to eliminate that one goal deficit there late yeah the uh the thing
0: i was noticing as that third period went on was that they wanted to keep dalene and samuelson together but it seemed like they were rotating those three guys as the, the constants, like, but there was a, there was this there was a steady rotation through because sometimes you'd go through and you'd say, oh, Fitzgerald's with power, okay. Oh, Clay's with <laughs> Darling, that's okay, that's weird. Okay, what's happening there? Then you know, you're going through and you're seeing these things, you know, oh, Bryson's with Samuelson, all, all right. Well, hey, whatever, you know, this is this is weird that it's the way that it's working out, but that's the way you can keep your guys uh, steady out of the ice. You know, you'd see Samuelson in power occasionally, like that was it was very interesting to see that that rotate that way cuz i can't recall ever really noticing that in a in a game before not certainly not with the sabers but not just any team in general where you've got that you know that 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 breakdown it's not a breakdown but it's just you know you lose a guy that where you have that steady top pair, top two pairs and now you're like all right we got to keep these one of these three guys on the ice no matter what uh somehow so let's figure out a way to 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 keep it steady so that we're not and no offense to Casey Fitzgerald and Cale Clegg, but you're not going to roll that pair out in a game that you're down by a goal late. Like that's just not that's not something that's going to be out there consistently every time.
1: Yeah, the reality is, and I thought Granado put it really well um when Bryson came back, they're not matchup defensemen. They're not guys yeah. that you're putting out, you know, they're they're just not there. So the right. the four guys that Granado and Marty Wilfred, their assistant coach, put out as matchup defensemen the guys that you put you know in key situations are the big are are the top four you know and of course with yoki Haru out at least it's you know they're lucky it's not long term like weeks is certainly much better than months but they're also out they're out labushkin right now as well joe and we haven't really received an update on him yet we'll see what, what we hear at practice on monday but now, it's it's of course going to raise the the question among the fan base. Why don't they do you know? Why don't they do something? Why don't they add? You know, I think Kevin Adams just wants to to get all these healthy defensemen on the ice to see what this these six that he has are capable of. But the problem is that their top four have only been in the lineup together in 13 of 28 games. And of course, Labushkin's missed a lot of time. When he's been in the lineup since early in the year it's clear he's not, he hasn't played at a hundred percent. So it's really tough right. from an evaluation standpoint, you know, if you're Kevin Adams to say, okay, like, what do we need here? Cause like you you haven't had all your parts out there, you know, in the same, in the same game, really. Yeah. It's, it's tough. Yeah. You know, the Bushkin.
0: And uh, it's not that we've forgotten about him. It's just that, you know, there's been more pressing, well, it's not more pressing. I gotta say this the right way. There's been other things to get focused on a little bit more. And, you know, the defense was just not exactly one of them. But, I mean, he's he's played 17 games this year. They played, what, uh, 28? This year, yeah, seven, So he's missed 11 games. Uh, and he definitely played the last handful of those hurt. Like, he was definitely not – he was probably closer to 70% than he was, like, 80% um, with, you know, how he was feeling. And then, you know, he takes another shot off the foot. And you're like, okay, well – Whatever the problem was before, it's not any better now for sure. But, um, but yeah, getting uh, certainly getting him back, and I'd have to hope that he would. I, I don't know. i don't, I'm not. can't say this without without having any idea from from Granato or the team. But uh, you'd have to think he's Labushin's got to be getting back soon, right? Because if I had to guess on injuries, him and Yoki Haru probably have very similar injuries.
1: Yeah, we saw Yokiar, you blocked the shot. It was an Evgeny Malkin slap shot, not right. one you want to, yeah. I mean, it was a very key block at, a, at an important time because they had to kill that first penalty. But, yeah, uh, we'll we'll see. I mean, they do, they really like Clegg. I mean, you saw, I think, just based on what we've heard Granado say, and, of course, the way that Clegg played his last time with the team, He's only in Rochester because of the waiver status. He's you know, he he didn't have to go through waivers. If they send pilot down, pilot's gonna require waivers. I they're just yep. trying to delay that as long as possible, although it seems inevitable at this point. Yeah. Uh, the reality is though that you look at you look at Bryson, you look at Fitzgerald, you look at Clegg, as much as I think the organization likes those guys and the roles that they can play, they're not a Henry Okiaru type of defenseman, so it's it's just gonna be a very heavy run here for Dallin Samuelson and power. And you know what? I think that if you're Granato and you're Kevin Adams, you gotta feel pretty good about the what the way that Dallin handled that 30 minutes, because it's not like he wore out at all. He was oh. he was really good. He was yeah. really good in that game.
0: Yeah, I, I, it's 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 tough to not talk about this team every week and not have superlatives for how well Darlene's playing. He's just, he's an absolute freak now. It's, and it's not even like it's a night and day thing from the past. It kind of is. Cause I mean, if he would certainly play 30 minutes before, would you be getting this, this elite level of play every time when he would go out there? Maybe not, but now you are. And that's the big difference now because you can throw him out, every single time and there's not going to be a drop-off in his play like the you know the the mental mistakes no longer happen uh he does not take himself out of position he does not do any of the stuff that in the past where you'd be like "Uh uh-oh let's see how he does this it's like now, it's just nope he's good he's good and he's gonna help us do something good
1: yeah yeah he uh, uh In in previous seasons, and this was even an issue last year as he was becoming the player, you know, really taking the next step in his game is when the team is struggling, he used to really, really push to create offense. He would put pressure on himself. There would be some. Yeah, you know, there would be some some times in the game where you saw, wow, like he's really pinching, he's really pushing, but it would lead to a mistake, and then those mistakes sort of snowball a little bit, and it leads to a to a, a bad game. We haven't, we really haven't seen that. He's if there's a mistake in Darlene's game, he immediately corrects it. And he turns back in, into you know the Super Saiyan mode that he's been in <laughs> since the start of the season. Oh, uh, I love that. That's become. We're
0: starting to use that term a little bit more. I'm not even I'm not even a Dragon Ball Z fan, but Super Saiyan's the best way to put it for a lot of these guys. Because speaking of Super Saiyan, Tage Thompson doing absolutely bananas uh, stuff uh, with a five goal performance. I we none of us, no matter how long. I mean, you know, maybe Mike has, but none of us have ever seen a guy go off. Like, like to this degree in a game where you're like, holy crap, we better start looking up some all time records here because he's got a shot at breaking them. like that's that's nuts.
1: And they were coming one by one. It's, you know, throughout the first period, you saw like Sabres PR's Twitter accounts tweeting out, you know milestone milestone it wasn't just him it was just the entire team and you know that was one of the worst worst periods i've seen a team play <laughs> in a very very long time in terms of the blue jackets you know their goaltending didn't help them but they were terrible around him too sean corrales was taking dumb penalties and you do that at night when that line is, is buzzing the way that it was i mean it wasn't just you know tage of course did what he did and the most impressive goal was probably the fifth one with that shot just the release on it like and like what he's become, it's and hey, like and other coaches and other teams around the league are recognizing it too. It's not just uh, you know, well, this guy's a good player and Buffalo's recognizing it. No, like he is, he's taken the league by storm in a lot of ways. But you know, Tuck was un was really really good in that game. helped create two of those goals and to create space. You know, Skinner I thought was really good too. And you're a team like Columbus missing all those players. Yeah, good luck stopping that trio in Thompson's. Yeah, man. The way he's able to finish now and mm. just yeah, he made that entire team look so silly. The three stars of the week are, are going to be announced on Monday, Joe, even though it was a qui- you know, more of a quiet Friday, Saturday for, for Tage Thompson, I would suspect that his Wednesday will be enough to to get him in that top three for the week.
0: Yeah, I would I, I'd imagine anytime a guy goes off like that in a game, he could, he could fall off. He could fall off the earth for the net for the rest of the <laughs> week. And he's still going to be the number one star. And it, it was, I'm going to give full credit to the penguins for Friday and Saturday night. They did not let Tage Thompson have a moment's rest whatsoever. When he was on the ice, they had somebody attached to his hip the entire game, especially on the power play. They would take five on four situation. to take a one guy and parking him on Thompson. Like you like, no, I you're my responsibility the other three guys are going to f- figure out how to take the other four. So you're essentially dealing with a four on three with two other dudes just kind of hanging <laughs> trying to find a way to hang around and get loose. And listen, they were, they were Thompson was moving around like they were they had the rotation going. They had these guys moving. But uh, but, uh, you know, you're seeing like Brock McGinn just follow him all over the ice. Just it's it's wild to see that happen on a power play because. Other teams don't do this with Crosby or Stamkos. Like, nobody trails, you know, follows these guys around on a power play. You're just kind of like, yeah, whatever. It's, it's fine. Ovi's going to get his goals. But, like, Thompson, they're like, no, we know this guy. We know if this guy has two seconds to shoot it, he's going to blast one.
1: Yeah, and the and the strategy almost backfired right away. Dalene walks down the slot and hits the post. <laughs> you know, he scores that goal. They're not they're not doing that with Thompson again the rest of the game. You know, Cous, right. Cousins hits, hits the post on the next power play. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've they've got other threats. It was one of those nights, and again they had one on Friday where the puck just wasn't wasn't going in. Uh, I think that Corrado yep. put it well post game that you know the offense is coming easy for you as a group for a while, then you know you can start to get into some habits, develop some overconfidence and think that you're going to make the pretty play over time. I thought that the power play didn't do that. And I even thought that, you know, the top line did that, but didn't do it either. But I thought that it was really a pretty noticeable with the Cousins group. And, hey, it was coming so easy for them against an extremely good team on the road that I don't blame them.
0: Right. Right. It's, it, it can't be faulted. Like, it's, it's just, you're just kind of like, yeah, no, I get it. I, I fully understand. Like it's it's completely within the realm of understanding to, to do that. So I, I it's, yeah, it it's, it, it's very interesting because te- like, listen, you, you don't have a five goal game and not have teams go like, huh, that's weird. Anyway, let's, let's, let's try <laughs> to make sure we get, we keep Victor Olofsson cover. Let's make sure, we, you know, nobody else can beat us. Uh, We'll, we'll get around to it. Uh, No, this was an, an immediate adjustment. And again, it's Mike Sullivan. I will say this every time Mike Sullivan's one, might be the best coach in the NHL. I agree. If he's if he's not, then he's top two, top three at worst, because he's incredible. He just he just knows the strings to pull with that group. Um, But I mean, Mike Sullivan's definitely smart enough to notice a guy scored five goals and be like, no, we are. No, <laughs> do not leave his side. Whoever's on the ice, one guy's attached to his hip.
1: Yeah, and we're gonna see in that we're gonna see teams take that approach. We've seen it already. Um, you know, I I remember the Sabers going down to Tampa. I think that was early last month. They did it. They did it to Thompson then because that was shortly after his game against Detroit. But when you catch like you know, they're not always gonna be able to pull that off, especially with the other players on the ice. And that's why losing somebody like Jeff Skinner, who's, (laughs) I mean who I think has taken another step in his game. Like at at this age, it's impressive to see how much better he is on the four check. Even like he four checks differently than a guy like Gergensen's who's doing it with force Skinner. Mm -hmm. It's with the stick. It's, it's savviness. It's, it's using his edge work down low and taking him out. It's, it's a domino effect that is going to be very challenging. I know that fans are excited to see Rasmus Asplund back in the lineup. And, hey, I think he belongs in the lineup. I don't think he's a healthy scratch kind of player with the energy that he can bring, although I appreciate that. I think he acknowledged to Paul Hamilton that there's areas in his game that weren't as sharp. I agree with that. Yeah. But the big the big one here, Joe, is just going to be Casey Middlestad. Like We're going to see him in practice. I'm assuming that Casey Middlestad is still going to be on that top line. He yeah. earned the assignment with three assists on Friday night. On Saturday, he won his faceoffs. That line had, I believe it was around 70% of the shot attempts in five-on-five. Five. Pretty darn good for the matchup that they had. It's just about finishing. So, yeah, I think that you know, Middlestad... It, it's going to be an interesting one. Can he build upon that performance? I, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough assignment being on that top line as nice as it is to be able to play with guys like Tuck and Thompson, you're going to get, mm-hmm. you're going to get really good players on the ice that, that you're going to have to face. And Tuesday is going to be no different with the Kings.
0: No. And it, it took, it took that line. What? Like maybe three, four shifts in the first period to finally, you know, to kind of get it, get it together. Cause it, it takes a while to get on to get on beat with that. And they didn't have a chance to have a practice to, to, to get it to, you know, to, to find, to find, yeah. the, to find out what works and what, what goes, it was just right into the fire. Good. You know, you guys will figure it out. Your professionals. And they did. Uh, and later as the game went on, they got they certainly got much better. And that was very, it was a very solid game out of middle stat. And you know what it was, it was the game against uh, was it the Columbus game. It had to be the Columbus game, right? Yeah. For, or was it the Sharks game? Uh, the three at three assists for
1: Stat. Oh, it's three assists. Wasn't that Friday? I think that was, was that? Friday against Pittsburgh. Was that okay? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. Jeez. <sighs> but you saw. I, I thought that he played well Wednesday. And yep. in terms of, it's really the like just the competitive, like the the effort. Like he's forechecking. He's doing. He's doing the little things that you, you'd like to see. Of course. With a player with that skill set, you'd like to see more him creating more offensively, not only for his linemates but himself. Like he's got a good shot, he hasn't used it enough this season at five on five. So, Mm -hmm. you know, but it it was an important game for him. Those three assists, and of course Saturday in Pittsburgh to build some confidence because it's been it's 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 been a slog for him for it was Mm -hmm. for probably about a month to five weeks at this point at five on five
0: yeah it's uh yeah to to have that kind of a a breakout and you know haters haters are gonna be haters and they're gonna they're gonna say, well, you know, I know he had three assists, but it was you know there was like three secondary assists, so they are they really assists then? and it's like Jesus Christ, you know please please relax on this stuff. Okay. You know, you get an assist, you get an assist. It's like, you know, it's not like he dumped it down the ice and then somebody picked it up. It was no very clearly connecting passes and making the play go. But, uh, but, but you're right. Like that's a, that's a huge confidence booster. And it showed to me, it showed right away as the, as that game went on uh, because he was definitely playing with playing the puck a lot stronger. Uh, we saw him a lot more confident uh and you know even saturday night like you know, once once that line got their act together they were good I, I mean it's just you know it's hard for them not to be good it's it's impossible to be bad when you've got when you've got thompson and tuck there and middle again middle stat like listen the talent's there the abilities there it's it's harnessing the focus and keeping it together that is that is kind of the thing, and you know, sometimes you get in a funk. It happens. You know, you just sometimes you're just kind of like, all right, what am I doing? You get down in confidence, you get down in this, that, or the other thing, and you're just like, all right, all right, I just got to get, I just get my act together. Three assists certainly help do it.
1: Yeah, and his work in the faceoff circle Saturday night, like remember, it yeah. was a tough time for Tage Thompson Friday, and that was a big piece of that line, not not having the game that you usually see from them um, in terms of chances. On Saturday, Middlestad with seven of ten faceoffs, in return, Tage Thompson gets six. He gets six shots on goal, seven attempts. You know, he only took seven, three faceoffs all night Saturday, which we haven't seen all season. You know, with Skinner not there to take those left-handed draws, you pointed it out pregame on Saturday. That's that's a big piece, I think, of why they chose Middlestad, other than you know, Olson shot might have been you know a. A good fit, but you know, Middleston plays 18 minutes, 21 seconds, two shots on goal, five attempts. It's definitely a look we're going to see them roll with. And now it's well, how's that impact the rest of the lineup? You know, I think that Tyson Jost. It's been more quiet with him on Olafson's line. You know, Asplund stepped in there. That's a group that's going to have to start creating more offensively with Skinner out. And, hey, like, Joe, that that fourth, you know, we, we call it the fourth line at this point. It's Peyton Krebs, Zemgus Gergensen, and Kyle Ocposo. They're the ones who broke through on Saturday. Krebs, you know, what's that, consecutive games of the goal or two goals in three games? Yeah. Uh, he's, you know, there was a lot of angst about the healthy scratches when it came to him. And for good reason. He's a player that at 21 years old, he shouldn't be sitting in the press box for too long. And, you know, he's responded the right way. And it shows it showed me that, like this team's practicing the right way because when players are sitting, they're coming back and they're they're been better. Jack Quinn's a good example. You look at Krebs. Um, you know, we'll see about Aspen. I liked his game on Saturday, although it was only ten minutes, ten minutes fifty two seconds.
0: Yeah, it's uh, and you know what, Krebs, <laughs> Krebs kind of zinging our buddy Bill with a with a question <laughs> after after Saturday's game. I loved it. It's you know I, I like yeah okay could be down in the mouth could be sad about things but you know Bill asked him he's you know what's changed for you you know that's you know gotten you into this spot and Curtis goes he well you know I changed my helmet and you know was a couple other things and it was just kind of like wait well, okay man like it's it's funny because it's it, well it's funny because it's funny first of all but then it's also it's it's good to see because it's you know a loss is a loss is bad to take and he was clearly you know also not happy with the loss, but also kind of roll with it a little bit, you know, just kind of be, you know, don't let it, don't let it kill you to the point where, you know, the entire, you know, flight, well, half hour flight back home uh, is misery. And then, you know, it ruins your Sunday. Then you're coming into practice and money being like, I hate the world. Like, you know, you don't want to be like that. Like you're 21 years old. There's zero reason to feel, to feel like that. But, um, but he's, but he's playing very well playing very well and he's in a very good place and it's it's encouraging you know because uh, i i you know i think earlier on when he was playing with with these two you're just kind of like well, what's he gonna do offensively you know he there's there's only so much he can do to help those guys out those guys you know you know i know kyle scored 20 last year's i scored 15 his first or second year in the nhl like you're feeling like okay well you know these guys can score but that's not their job and you're like well, what's Krebs going to do to break out with that And
1: it's like <laughs> You can figure maybe create some offense with that group. In my opinion, Joe, I think a lot of the issues we, we've seen with Peyton Krebs is when they move him to the wing, there just hasn't been a lot of stability with where he's played. Now, I know some of that is, you know, he admitted it after after uh, his playful comment about the helmet on Saturday night. He acknowledged like I was just trying to do too much right like not playing a simple game and maybe putting too much pressure on himself to make an impact and of course it goes the other way now when you're playing with two guys like Gergensen's and Ocposo I believe Ocposo said this Saturday you know what you're gonna get like it's it's that, that type of game there's gonna be a lot of low high those guys are gonna win puck battles down low you're you know and it's the Sabres have to love that Krebs has really adapted to that. Like his first goal of the season, great on the four check, great to turn over, drag to the net backhander. He scores. Mm-hmm. Second goal wasn't anything fancy either. He tips a puck on a Casey Fitzgerald slap shot. Like it's adapting yourself to like the role that you have within the game. And of course what you and your line mates can do. So it's like, that is just a, it's a big couple of games for him. It's, very clear to me i'm sure that you know, i know that Granados said it on the record as well krebs is a center he's not a winger he shouldn't be playing over there he is much better down the middle that speed you know, what he can do on the four check and it was interesting though like he only took one face off on saturday night mm-hmm. you know like that's an area of his game that's gonna have to improve as time goes on but mm-hmm. you know you got gurgensen's there to step in and take some draws he took two Okposo got six uh, it didn't go as well, though. He went one for one for six uh, in the circle. So like that's if they if they can work to get possession of the puck back. But like if they start winning face offs like that is a really good fourth grouping there. And I think it's it's good for Krebs confidence. I would, you know, if mm-hmm. you know, for his sake, for the Sabres sake, they hopefully they can get some games with that group together to start building some chemistry and really to have some continuity for creds. Cause it's been sort of all over the place here, you know, this season with them moving him around to try to figure out how to, to get him going.
0: Yeah. And it's, uh, it's going to get tested here very soon because uh, the, the upcoming schedule is a little interesting uh, the, Tuesday night, they've got the LA Kings and then they hit the road for three at Colorado at Arizona, at Vegas, which we know what the Vegas game means, uh, everybody. So, so maybe, hopefully they won't schedule a Bills game uh, randomly that night so people in the city block <laughs> it. Um, that's uh, <laughs> it's insane. Don't get me started. But then, like right before the Christmas break, they get Tampa at home again. Like, yep. Okay. Like, thanks so much. At least the, you know. They get to go to Columbus after after Christmas. Have Tage Thompson pop off for five again or something. But the next four games, next five games, uh, that's gonna be a stiff test. I, I know King's goaltending's a mess, but the rest of the team is not a mess. The rest of the team's very good. And Arizona's playing very well at home now. Now that they're back home, they're off the road after 14 straight. Uh, they beat the Bruins. <laughs> they beat uh, Philly on Sunday night. So they're playing better there. Vegas is Vegas. They're they're daunting regardless. So it's uh, it's 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 kind of a uh, what's the right word for it? it's kind of it's a it's a test time because these are these are going to be tough games.
1: Yeah, and they need to get points. Like not to put yeah. too much pressure on it, but like this team is too good to be sitting seventh in the Atlantic division. And a big piece of that is goaltending. Like like Lukanen's a lot, most of his goals against have been on the penalty kill. Like yeah. Okay. Like especially when you're like not some of those penalty. games without Samuelson, you know, it just It's not great, but you also, I didn't love the goal against with Crosby either. This, the consistency needs to be, it needs to be better. Like he needs to be better. There's no question about it. The schedule, the way it sets up though, with no, no back to backs, you know, I'm curious to see how much we see Craig Anderson over the next week, if any more than we have, like it's very Mm -hmm. clear. He's a backup goalie. This isn't a one, a one B situation. And just to, to rehash and just reiterate to, to some of our listeners here. This isn't because the Sabres want to give Lucan and development starts. This is out of necessity because Craig Anderson needs more time to recover between games. Like this is this, they want to give Craig Anderson every opportunity to be at his best. Cause they know if, if they run him out there too much, not only do they risk injury, they also risk better, like poor performances. And well, There's no reason to do that. Right, Joe.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's Listen, I I, I'm two years older than Craig Anderson and I should not have done anything after getting back from Pittsburgh (laughs) early Sunday morning, driving back in, I should have spent zero time doing anything on Sunday because I was wiped out. I can't imagine playing 60, 60 plus minutes if it's overtime and then being like, Hey, two days later, go out there and do it again. I'd be like, no, I can't. (laughs) No, thank you. And listen, I'm an out of shape schlub. Craig Anderson is a, is a professional athlete. So (laughs) there's a distinct difference between the two, but also hockey is a really friggin' hard game and it's really hard for goalies. So, and you know, listen, we saw it last year. Anderson was kind of forced to play all the time at the end of the seat towards the end of last season and it wore on him. Like Like the way the performance was nowhere near as good at the end of the season as it was earlier on. And you know, it's it, you, you you don't want to put a guy in a position where he's going to be worse off for it, and that's what they're trying to do, to avoid with Anderson.
1: Yeah, right. And I'm not I'm not and I'm not in the corner of people who are giving up on Lukin or, or sort of overreacting here. I think that he's going to be fine. You look across the league, goalies are struggling. Ones that are much more experienced and decorated than Lukin is at his very young age, with a lot of development left to go. So. Yeah. You know, it's just one of those things you're every night you're playing teams with four lines that can score and there's just the the margin for error is very slim. It's important for him to to see that and learn that. And he's going to get his opportunities. Eric Comrie, the Sabres told us last week, has just resumed light skating. So that that appears to be still a few weeks away, Joe. You know, that the return is not imminent when it comes to Comrie. So this is a a, a UPL Craig Anderson tandem at, if you will over the next few weeks here and you know, we'll, we'll see how the schedule sets up, but like this team, yeah. like Anderson's giving them big saves in key moments. You know, I don't want to completely overlook the fact that Lukanen's done the same. They've given up breakaways they've given up odd man rushes a penalty shot in in Columbus Mm -hmm. this team has played kind of fire drill hockey a little bit with Lucan in the net because he's getting he's got some really difficult assignments so it's it's one of those things we'll see how he responds here because you know and again like the second goal in Pittsburgh you know like in the third it's 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 Sidney Crosby so like let's Let's wait and see okay. here. You shouldn't allow Sidney Crosby to skate to the front of the net and just lace a, a backhander right from the no. right from the blue paint either. So let's not ignore that fact. Right.
0: I <laughs> yeah. I got so like I got so lost in the his second goal that the that the first goal I was like, oh right, yeah. He was behind the net fiddling around with the puck and nobody nobody
1: went out. Yeah, nobody did anything about it.
0: <laughs> it was just kind of hey, oh that's oh Crosby's got the puck. That's really cool. Like, oh oh he stuffed it in. Oh that's oh whoops our bad. But I mean, you, you mentioned about uh, how goaltending's down around the league. I mean, it's down. I think offense is just superior now. Uh, but a 904 league average save percentage, we're our, our brains are bent on that because we'd see you'd see 910 in the past and be like, well, that's like league average, whatever. He's not so good. 910 is above average. You're pretty good doing that. I mean, you're not <clears throat> you're not Linus Olmark, but you know, you're doing <laughs> doing pretty Oof. good. Joe, Joe, <laughs> listen. Listen, I it's sometimes a cheap shot is there, okay. You have to you Uh know.
1: I yeah, and I will say that Lean has kinda hosed the Sabres with the way that those negotiations played out from what yeah, I heard. Uh, kinda led them to believe that, that they were they were in the driver's seat and comfortable, then that big offer comes to the Bruins and with the injury history and everything else, we know the Sabres yeah. plans. They were like,
0: Ugh, Yeah. I don't so, know if we want to
1: go there with all the injuries so, and, you know with where they were at their development, but it's, it's a tough pill to swallow to watch that guy play in Boston, the way that he is around that team. Although that way they defend, man. Yeah, that's Yeah. That's, that's uh, a, that's a juggernaut right now. <laughs> Jesus. They're good.
0: But also, I mean, listen, if you're going to get mad at a goalie, get mad at Matt Murray, right? Like that's, yeah. that's not that the guy to get mad at? He's, he's like, I ain't going to Buffalo. Forget that. Get lost. I'm not gonna help those. Guys. I don't want to go there. I'll yeah. go to 90 minutes up the road instead.
1: With the way Toronto defends, if Murray's in goal the next time the Sabers play the the Maple Leafs, I think that um, I think they'll mm-hmm. get revenge in a few different yeah. ways. Say,
0: yeah, that's uh, that's certainly possible. But but yeah, it's uh, I mean, listen, The goaltending t- goal numbers are so weird because there's like uh, I'm just looking. There's like maybe. Maybe maybe fifteen guys where you're like they're having really strong starts, and for uh, like ten like eight eight to ten of them you're like, boy, they're having a really good start. Like that's you know you're you're kind of stunned by it a little bit. Everybody else is just kind of in the pool together, you know. Like that's that's where it's at. And you know of course two of those guys are Toronto goalies, Sam Samsonov
1: and and Murray are both oh yeah we've heard it we've heard about it every minute we can from oh, the media up there <laughs> the media up there wants everybody to know <laughs> Plan the it's parade. going everybody.
0: well it's it's happening but uh but I mean it's you know it's them you know but like Sorokin's Sorokin's have been incredible Hellebuck's Hellebuck's having like another Vezina quality season Georgia has been very good in Colorado Spencer Knight's taking the starting job in Florida it seems Tristan Jari who we just saw Having a really great season for Pittsburgh again, so I, uh, you know, listen. Goalie goaltending's voodoo, and that if there's if there's a thing that I've seen online that I subscribe to, it is that because you never know what you're going to get, you know, year to year from goalies. Never mind, you know, week to weeks tough enough. Year to year, forget it. You can't predict any of that stuff. You think Lietus all has got 9.41? He, he was a 9.14 last year. Maybe he's just got a thing with numbers, but I mean. Last year was honestly a toss-up between him and Swayman, and now Swayman looks not great. Yeah, Olmert looks unstoppable. So, I, you know, good luck predicting any of that.
1: So, Joe, we know what the Sabers' plan is. They are waiting for Lukanen or Devin Levi to take this starting job and be the guy. Now, we expect, you know, at least I, you know, I, I, I would think that Levi signs after his college season this spring um yes Portillo walks there's no sign that he's going to sign with the Sabres so if if Levi signs this spring at what point do you think the Sabres should actually go out and get a goalie you know in terms of giving a contract how long do you wait like that's the big question for me because we know that development with goalies, a lot of times they need a certain amount of games in the American hockey league with European guys. It's usually about hundred. That's, that's the mark that they want a hundred minor league games, college goalies. Of course, it's different. You know, Swayman got to Boston a lot sooner than a goalie. Who's, you know, from Europe. So we'll see about Levi being a smaller guy facing NHL shooters. It's, it's going to be, a, it's, it's going to be fascinating to see how he handles that. Um, he can't play small. He's got to play big, but you know, I don't think it'll be this summer realistically that they go out and say, OK, we got to get a guy because you have to see how Levi performs. But at a certain point, Joe, like you got to mm-hmm. you got to say, you know, we got to go get somebody that's not only a, a 1B, but potentially a 1A if the kids are, don't develop fast enough, because this team's going to they're on a path to where next season they can be a contender if things line up the way that um, we anticipate. Yeah, I I, goaltending
0: was the one thing that this year, if it went really sideways, that was going to be Kevin Adams first pressure point moment, because it would be two years in a row where goaltending wasn't totally addressed completely. And if it goes that bad, then people are going to be like, well, you knew this was a problem. You knew it was an issue of concern. Can't say it's a problem before a problem happens. But you know, it's an area you have to watch very closely to have an understanding of, okay, is this gonna is this gonna work out right, or is this gonna be a, a big problem for us? And you're kind of dancing on the razor's edge with it, no matter what, because again, Craig Anderson's you know 41 years old, and you know Eric Comrie was an unproven unproven guy, you know, fully in the NHL, and then you know you're talking about Lucan and being your next guy up, and you know he's looked fine in his NHL appearances previously, but then you know. The numbers in the AHL aren't great. So then you're like, okay, well, what exactly is he? The only way to find out is by playing him. And then the adjustment period, all that stuff, like all that stuff happens. I would have to imagine that right now for next season, goaltending has to be priority number one. It has, there's zero question about it because, I know fans are are begging for Northeastern to not make the the NCAA tournament <laughs> for them to get knocked out of the hockey East tournament when that when that pops up uh, come February March they want it they're just like no get them done as soon as possible but I'm like you know what it means if they get done as soon as possible it means Devin Levi did not have a very good season and that's not what you want to have happen if you're counting on a guy to get in there like that's that's the that's all the exact stuff you 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 can't have like you just cannot have that happen
1: yeah it's got to be this summer uh a big a big piece of the evaluation here is going to be eric Comrie. how does he look when he comes back from injury especially with a better lineup around him let's not overlook the fact that the lineup around Comrie for some of those games this season not great defensively they were missing some key guys so i think that in the thing about it, Comrie's contract situation, yes, he's he's under contract next season, but it's cheap. So, yeah. you know, it's it's one of those things where they're not exactly tied to that situation if it's not looking great. I think they evaluate Lucan in the rest of the year, not only in Buffalo, but when he goes back to Rochester, inevitably. See how Levi goes, but I think you gotta go get a goalie this summer regardless. Yeah. I, I just think you do. You need two in this league anyways. I you know, get Get Levi under contract as soon as possible. then, you know, and then this summer, the tricky part of this is the free agent list doesn't look great, and fans want them to go out and get Jacob Chikrin. I get that, but the assets you give up for Chikrin, you might need to go out and get a goalie because the free agent market this summer just does not look great. It doesn't. In signing a free agent goalie, that. Yeah, you're playing with fire there because if you hand out term to a free agent goalie and it doesn't work out, we've seen it, seen it in the past, uh, it, right. it can be ugly. And that is a big, it's a big black mark on your cap situation. The Sabres really can't afford that with some of the guys they're going to have to pay, including Rasmus Dalin who mm-hmm. the price tag keeps going up, Joe. That's, uh, that's trending toward an $11 million a year figure, not, uh, <laughs> not, yeah, not less.
0: No, no, it's it's not, and uh, yeah, I, it, it, I it, this got me looking up goaltending numbers here. Devin Levi's at a nine, has a 930 save percentage right now. That's tied for fifth in the in college. Uh, so not quite the Ryan Miller numbers that he had last year. He's seven, six, and three, uh, which is a little bit upsetting considering, but you know, you yeah, let, the you team just hasn't and,
1: been as good as it was supposed to be. That's you no, know,
0: uh, I mean, that was their idea was they were going to run it back and, and try to t- t- make a run of the national championship. But uh, right now, not playing out that way. And Portillo is it, 11 and six, you yeah, know, decent record, but he's got an all-star team in front of him, 909 save percentage, not great uh, in college. That's very far down the list uh, of the league leaders. Where is he? 39th in the country. Not great. No shutouts this year. Devin Levi's got at least three, but the free agent goaltendies, goaltendies, yeah, sure, okay, let's call them that. Uh, Jonathan Quick, Varlamov, uh, <coughs> current Saber Ben Bishop, uh, Frederick Anderson, uh, Jonathan Bernier, Cam Talbot, Tristan Jari, uh, Ned Yelkovich, not great. James Reimer, you know, like it, it's it, it's a lot of older players. Jari's the only one that's yeah. under 30 that's like immediately available. Mackenzie Blackwood's an RFA, but I wouldn't touch him, but
1: yeah. Um, Aiden, Aiden Hill's going to be out there. Yeah. Like, yeah. Ignell's twenty-seven. 27. Like, I mean, Aaron Dell. It's not good guys. It's no. not good. So like, that no. is not going to be a route that they go. I would imagine Tristan Jari, like he's going to be a priority for the Penguins. Also, mm-hmm. the guys that are out there, like, Just don't know. Talbots had some injury issues this year. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I mean, listen, you're not going to hinge your future on a 35 year old goalie. You're just not going to do that. Like that is that is not what's going to happen. And like, you got you have to find a way somewhere to do it. Like you just have to like you have to find a way somehow to get get it get the situation settled and go from there because it's not it it hasn't been settled for years it's not settled now and and again i know everybody wants levi here as soon as possible but listen he ain't he ain't going to play in buffalo instantaneously after signing like he might play a game maybe two after signing because that's the way it goes but if you think he's going to be the number 1 guy starting next season boy that would be a shock considering the way that they do things and considering how long it's taken Luganen to, to, to even get to this point to play, and he played a ton of games in juniors, played a ton of games. Devin Levi has not played a ton of games.
1: No, he has not. You look at the trade market, John Gibson's the one big name where it's inevitable we're going to start hearing his name with the Ducks being where they are. He's been bad. Like, he's been bad again. 3.26 mm-hmm. goal, save, a negative 3.26 goal save above expected of course the team around him has been trash but like with that cap hit six million dollars for three more years after this i believe that is going to be and they're going to want a lot for him as well it's just not the type of trade that i i see kevin adams making like it there aren't 32 good goalies in the league like it's Especially, like, some of them are, you know, their performance can be better based on the guys around them. It's just, it's tough to find them. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's what makes the, the Allmark ascent in Boston a lot more difficult to stomach for people here. Because they waited so, they waited yeah. years for Allmark to be the guy. And he's the guy for a division, <laughs> division opponent. Like, that is tough. That is tough. Yeah. Seed fans want Vemelka from Arizona. Why in the world would they trade him? 275 Right. $2.2725 for two more years. He's playing like this. Yeah. They aren't, they're not trading him. I don't care where they're at in their rebuild.
0: That's, that's exactly the kind of deal Arizona wants to find. Like, then they have it. Like, like, cool. We got our guy. Like, he's our guy. Why would they move him? Like, that, that was the thing. That there was a, uh, it was a Arizona Cardinals, uh, Twitter account that threw out like just you know kicking the idea around would this deal get it done you know it was like Chickering and Vimelka and I think that was it to go to Buffalo and it was like basically Buffalo clearing out the cupboard to get it and it's like who says yes first and I'm like well probably Buffalo but why would Arizona ever do that yeah and, you know it's like they, they have zero reason to do that but it's yeah. uh, you know if I, I you probably are aware of this but I, I'm not sure our listeners are. The last time John Gibson had a save percentage above 905 was 2018, 2019 when he was 917. And the you know presumptive uh, next big thing to happen in goaltending because that was his fourth straight year of being outstanding. And it's just, it's come apart. I don't know if that's the injuries. I don't know if it's the team the quality. Team. Yeah. Both, like, you know, that's, I mean, he he's leading the league in losses this year. He led the NHL in losses in 2019,
1: 20 and 2021. Like that's it's a bad team. You know? The Ducks that, are so poorly run. They they waited wait like they waited way too long to trade him, and now they're at a point where good luck. It's four more years at 6.4 million. Like okay. you might have to yeah. eat some of that at this point. Whereas a year yeah. a year and a half ago, teams mm-hmm. would have been lining up to try to get the guy. So you know what you yeah <laughs> you know yeah like Dang. they deserve it they they got themselves in this mess they got basically nothing in return for a card rack Raquel we see what he's doing on Sidney Crosby's wing so just a mm-hmm. yeah just a bad organization at this point they've done some nice drafting but they're a mess
0: yeah Bob Murray kind of left that team in a husk after you know throwing chairs around and being a bad person <laughs> yeah <laughs> like running the team uh yeah that's 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 a that's an ugly situation and i don't know so
1: the draft picks to kind of get out of it so good luck Anaheim. yeah which is a shame that market it would be nice if they could actually get back to where they they once were uh when it right. comes to the sabers show like so we just named off the goalies in free agency you know the trade candidates, as of right now, as we sit here today, it's not, I, I really can't, you know, unless Boston has to move Swayman or, and I don't see them trading within division, even if that is the case. Like the Sabres are really going have, gonna to have to rely on Lukanen and, and Levi, you know? I I, they're going to have to have those kids pan out because they've they put themselves in a corner here where it's not easy to find a way out and to get another option. And especially in the short term, like this is going to be something they're going to have to they're they're going to wait and see how it it pans out unless you want to go save the Edmonton Oilers from Jack Campbell's contract. No, no, (laughs) no, you do not do that. Because that help. is somebody the Sabers liked in the offseason. That is five million dollars for four more years, and he has been a disaster there.
0: Yeah, that's been a horrendous start. And again, it's Edmonton, so maybe you know, they everything they touch turns to crap for the most part. Uh, Connor McDavid can't turn into crap because he was untouchable. So, you know, he was going to be good regardless of what happened. But, uh, but yeah, that that Stuart Skinner's taking over that starting job there for now is got the Oilers got to be kicking themselves thinking like. We spent all this money on a goalie, and we had the guy right here, right, like just right here. The system waiting for us, just right there. We just had him. Cool. At least we don't. At least they have experience it, experience with it. With after the Mikko Koskinen uh, experience, but uh, yeah. Speaking <laughs> of <about> bad organizations, <laughs> yeah, we we could talk for another hour about. We could talk till uh, till the sun goes up and down three more times uh, about them, but we're not going to do that because it's time for us to wrap up. Uh, yeah, we gotta okay. get ready for practice. Yeah, it's that's, that's right. We gotta do our stretches, uh we gotta do our warm ups, you know. We Medicine ball stuff. That's right. Yeah, you know, bomb, like ball, like workouts. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> the Remy Ellie workouts, that's what we gotta do. <laughs> we gotta find a garage and start start, you know. Start hammering, you know, sides of beef and stuff, you know, just, just whatever.
1: throwing heavy objects. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we love. It's the Remy Ellie positive podcast. Everybody, we love Remy, and we're we're disappointed he's he's not anywhere around us right now, so we could watch him, but. Uh, <laughs> that's anyway anyways that yeah that that's that's the sign to wrap this up lance uh lance uh do tell the folks uh at home listening or in their car listening or in the bathroom listening whatever tell them where they can find your
1: work an editing suggestion really quick first joe you should put some very soft sad music behind the Remy conversation you know so, <laughs> sarah mclaughlin you know the <laughs> this, the adopt an animal commercials um <laughs> Because but anyways, yeah. you can find my work at the Buffalo News in lo- online and in print. Thank you, everybody, for subscribing. Really appreciate it. Um, I will not be on the upcoming road trip. I'm going to take a couple of days off because I've just made, you know, yeah. It's been it's been a, a long couple of months to start the season. I'm ready to get a little break before the holidays. So thanks, everybody, for reading. Um, but, yeah, we still have another game on Tuesday. Joe, what about yourself? I know that you will be in Arizona and Vegas. That's correct.
0: I'm thanks and that is in due part to uh thanks to the uh, new subscribers the paid subscribers at noted hockey helping make that possible because that made me say I got to do a little bit more here to 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 help out and you know I don't I don't know impress everybody I don't know but it made it possible for me to uh to to pony up the, uh, the bucks to, to fly out there. So thank you to everybody who's already subscribed to, to noted If you want to subscribe there, please consider it. Please feel free to do that. Uh, you can also find me at bleacher report, uh, and online at Twitter at J O E Y E R D O N Lance. Thank you. I will try to raise of the to get the, uh, the rights fees to Sarah McLaughlin's music. <laughs> so we can put it under a Remy Ellie talks, but
1: sorry to go uh, fun. Me. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> oh man okay all right well th- thank you everybody for listening and uh we'll catch you again uh next week i'll be recording from a presumptively from a hotel room in las vegas so uh please uh be, be kind to me we'll see you next week